0: Nine the hog presents another bob and brian podcast this bob and brian on demand is brought to you by marcus theaters there's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one find out what marcus theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at marcus theaters.com it's friday morning this is when we clear, clear away all the musical webs you get answers with our music expert Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. How are you?
1: All right. How are you guys doing? We're
0: great. Good. I got. I got, to the, I got to the end of Pam and Tommy Lee.
1: Oh, yep. Lucky. Lucky you. <laughs> you know, it's uh, one of those one of those things. If there's ever a long long period of very dead time, I might go back to it. But something something tells me I didn't miss a great deal.
0: Well, it ends with the Motley Crue CDs going into the bargain bin at the record store. Right. Yeah. Kids Meanwhile the sex tape is like exploding.
2: It's got like the it's not an end cap or it's got its own special display. Yeah, right. Hardcore Pam Anderson hardcore. You talk about Uh what uh, what that that tape sold for when
0: the what was it? Vivid bought it. What they what, for 15 million dollars or something. And then they grossed 77 million yeah. on that tape and Tommy and Pam if we're to believe the documentary got nothing.
1: Yeah, well, that's that. That is the case. From, yeah, from everything I understand. So, but, um,
0: did that Motley Crue album where they had the pig heads on really was it that
1: bad? The Generation Swine. I actually yeah. liked it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it, I, I thought it was. I thought it was a good album, but it wasn't at all what Motley Crue fans wanted. I mean, this was this was kind of Tommy's album. You know, this was a a really hard industrial. Rock album more along the lines of a, of a ministry, you know, than it, than it was the, the kind of glam rock hair metal that is what Motley Crue fans want. And so, uh,
0: too different from, so, from yeah. That.
1: So they they got slapped down hard on it.
0: That Tower record set that they used in that documentary got used in all the time. I mean, you had everybody going there. There was plenty of plenty of action at that Tower Records.
1: Oh yeah, well that was that that was kind of the hub of the scene. You know, it was right, it's right there on the Sun was right there, on the Sunset Strip, and that's where all the great billboards, the historic billboards really? were, and you know all the all the record signings, and it's where where the stars shop too. All
0: right. Well, since we're on that topic, Pam Anderson's going to Broadway.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is a way to after after a uh, after that kind of exposure, um, literally and figuratively, on on TV. You know, what do you do next? You, you go to Broadway. She's going to be in Chicago uh, starting in April, and she's going to do an eight-week run. Starts April 12th, concludes June 5th at the Ambassador Theater. She's going to play Roxy Hart, which, you know, that that, that that's a role that fits. I don't know that I've ever seen, if I've seen Roxy as a blonde. I may well have.
0: You um, can't fake Broadway. No, no. You have she, to. Can she sing? I, I think... We'll find
2: out. (laughs) Or did they heavily rearrange things so she doesn't really have to
1: sing? Chicago is a production that both on Broadway and the touring company has managed to make room for lots of celebrities. Yeah. For these quote-unquote special moments. So one way or the other, they make it work. And, you know, as long as she can camp it up, you know, I don't know, at at her present age, if she can high-kick, like, you know, the folks who created these roles, but you know, I, I bet she has a lot of camp in her.
0: Okay. You said it's an eight week, eight week run for Pam Anderson in Chicago on Broadway in New York. Uh I mean, that's where Broadway is. This is, this is as big as it gets in theater. Will they, your prediction, will they extend it past, past eight weeks? If the tickets,
1: if the ticket sales warrant it, absolutely. Or she's willing to do it. Or will they cut the eight weeks short? Um, I don't think they they cut the eight weeks short. I think it. I think she'll she'll do at least a full eight weeks, and if people come out to see her, they'll they'll talk about doing more. I'm sure there's a clause in whatever contract she signed that that does provide for an extension for the producers.
0: I think you're right. If people buy tickets for this eight-week run, you want to see Pam Anderson. You bought the ticket to go see Pam Anderson on Broadway at that point, right? right? Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, listen, they Catherine would, he,
2: Zeta-Jones and and Renee Zellweger aren't known as singers, but they. But that was in the movie. That was in the movie they, they through through the movie. they managed to get their way through the movie, which they could sweeten up and yeah. do all kinds of things. But even so, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, they would have gotten. Um, they would have got if he wasn't preparing for a tour. They would have gotten Tommy Lee to play uh, with the lawyer's <laughs> name Billy. Uh, <laughs>
2: uh,
0: Billy Flynn.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they would have gotten them to play. They would have gotten him to play the the uh that role. All right, sure. we started
0: with we started with A for Anderson. Let's go to ZZ Top.
1: Uh, yeah, we, They're going out on tour. They are going back out on tour this summer, as uh, as they do most summers, haven't during the pandemic, of course. On July 9th, they'll be in Greenville at the Greenville Lions Park, and you know touring again. This is uh, you know after Dusty Hill. Passed away. They are coming with a new record, July twenty-second. They'll release an album called Raw, R-A-W, which features music they recorded for that Netflix documentary, that little old band from Texas, the original trio, including Dusty Hill. Obviously, before he passed away, went into a studio and cut some new versions of Lagrange, Tush, I'm Bad, I'm Nationwide, Give Me All Your Love, and Rolling some Rolling Stone song, and you know, just kind of a little. You know, at an intimate place, an old dance hall down in Texas. So some new versions of that that'll be kind of fun to hear. And they are—they're also putting out a, a, a new whiskey, uh, Trés Hombres, um, from uh, Balconies Distilling in Waco, Texas. And they promise that that's a flavorful, 100 proof mash bill of roasted blue corn, melted hmm. barley, and rye.
0: Is Billy's Tech still playing bass while they're yeah. touring? Okay. Yeah, it's
1: still. Uh, it's still. But I Elf mean, the West Dusty's fans. Tech. Right, Elwood uh, Francis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, you could have you gone a lot of ways with that, but here's a guy who knows, knows the music and knows the way it's supposed to be played, you know, knows, knows the songs inside out. So at this point, do you want the songs played well, or do you want to see you know some well-known bassist not do them <laughs> as well as you want to hear them? Well,
0: if they wanted that, they'd just get Pam Anderson. So.
1: <laughs> or, or Tommy Lee.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, was the Super Bowl show really in danger?
1: Apparently, you know this is according to Snoop Dogg. So you know, anytime you say that, this is according to Snoop Dogg. Um, but he said that Jay Z, you know, who of course it's his production company that worked with the N- that's been working with the NFL and worked with it on this one. Uh, apparently, when there were some ripple, when the NFL was having some second thought, Jay- according to Snoop, Jay Z went and-, and threatened to end his NFL deal. Unless, unless the show went on as planned, apparently there were reservations about. What,
2: what, what did they want changed?
1: Uh, you know, what Snoop was planning to wear some of the songs, things like that. I don't remember Snoop wearing anything particularly objectionable. Yeah. Um, but Snoop said that Jay Z did go to bat with the, uh, you know, with the NFL and said, "Look, this this show goes on, or or our deal is off."
0: What deal does uh, does uh, Jay Z have?
1: Well, he, he's, he's working, he has a regular deal with the NFL working on branding and producing some of these halftime shows, including the Super Bowl. So, you know, one of the reasons why it's it's they, the Super Bowl shows have become more modern and more contemporary and, you know, this year went in a hip-hop direction for the first time is because of Jay-Z and his production company.
0: Another week more publishing sold, Gary. Leonard Cohen.
1: Yes. Yep, Leonard Cohen is the latest. Of course, he himself did not sell this. This is his estate that sold it to the hip, Hypnosis Song Funds, and they—you know—they—they they buy. They're they're probably the major player of all of them in this. Uh, it encompasses 278 songs that Leonard Cohen wrote, as well as the songwriter's share of uh, 127 songs that were actually released. You know, basically, Hypnosis now owns everything. That is Leonard Cohen. So expect to hear "Hallelujah," uh, Suzanne. So long, Marianne. And more movies, more ads, uh, things like that. He's. Uh, this is not the only catalog that sold. Martina McBride uh, struck up a deal with Primary Wave Music. She will retain twenty percent of her catalog. Twenty-eight. Why?
0: Where did that number come uh, from? Twenty. 20 oh, percent. Okay. Yeah.
1: Right. And uh, you know, so she'll. You know, she will. Uh, still have a have a stakeholder share in her own catalog, but the bulk of it uh, will be controlled by Primary Wave Music. So basically, if Primary Wave finds a deal that they like a lot, and you know, Martina doesn't, it, it's going to happen because Primary Wave <laughs> right. has control. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, this this allows Martina to balk at anything that that some people may not find appropriate, let's say, but uh, but at the same time reap the profits from it um and then somebody asked Dolly Parton this week cause she actually has a new she had a new album out last week so she's still doing press for it they asked Dolly Parton if she was going to go that way and sell it and she says you know never say never because she does have her own publishing company and everything and she said you know you know she'd not be above and she did say I would not be above cashing in on her catalog like that and when they asked her what she'd do with uh With the money, you know, she said, you know, my family, other businesses, I could start another publishing company and then sell that for a ton of money.
0: If she sells her publishing, I'll either go, there is a ton of money in publishing because Dolly is sold now, because she's the one who has always made money on publishing. Right. I mean, she's the one who said... She's the one who said, "If you really want to make money in this business, write your own songs."
1: Oh yeah, write your own songs and own them. Yeah, because even the artists, there are a great many artists who wrote who wrote their own songs, but don't wind up owning them. You know, often you know when they were younger, they were desperate to get a recording deal, so they signed away their rights as part of the recording contract. Um, people wised up to that over time, but there's still a lot of artists who who do, or more artists than you would think, who do not own their song catalogs. Do we have a dollar amount on either of these? No, none of these. I for some reason and I've noticed this in the recent deals, and I don't know if it's because these particular artists, or in the case of Leonard Cohen, Cohen, that particular estate, you know, don't don't want that out, or if you know if it's not up to Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Neil Diamond rates, they don't want it out there because it's like, oh yeah, you're you're, you know, two hundred fifty mm-hmm. billion. Fact, <laughs> Dylan was five hundred billion. You know. But but I have noticed that they are, you know, they're not revealing the the price the costs as much as they had before.
0: So what fun is it to talk about them if we're not talking about <laughs> millions is. and millions of dollars? Right. It's right. still
1: <laughs> millions. It's still millions and millions. Believe me.
0: What's the uh,
2: settlement, Kelly Clarkson and her and her ex?
1: Uh, let's Who gets what? Yeah, so, so this has been going on. You know, this has been going on for a little while. Well, we've been talking about it. It's funny. The sticking point. Is not the kids, it's a ranch, right? You know, how does that happen? Well, that he was you?
2: staying there, right? He, he was,
1: was living there, yeah, that, that was his thing. So the, uh, the particulars in this are that uh, Kelly will have primary custody of the children, and uh, Brandon gets to see them one, one weekend every month. Uh, she'll continue to own, Kelly will continue to own the Montana ranch, and he and uh, Brendan will rent it for $12,500 a month until June 1st, and then he's got to move out. Meanwhile, Kelly is still going to pay him $115,000 a month in spousal report support until January 2024.
2: What's his income stream like besides just siphoning I don't really, from really I don't
1: really know unless he's like fishing and selling it in Montana. Um, you know, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have any management clients that I know of, right? Right.
2: Now. But did he make so, millions and millions of dollars on that, where he, he could just put his money. feet up? He probably
1: made some money on millions and millions. You know, maybe a few million mm. along the way. It depends. You know, like I say, what his commission was, and in, in the case with Kelly, what is community property of what he made?
0: Is that the true sign of having it knocked, putting your feet up? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. That, is, that is the universal putting your I've feet up. It. I've got it made. You don't have to
2: work yeah. anymore.
1: Yep. Okay. Um, or if, take, or if you, in the words of a Jeff Daniels song, take your pants off and relax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> like De Niro did in Casino in his office, yeah. but he just mm-hmm. didn't wear them. he was sitting. Mm-hmm. He was working, but he wasn't really relaxing. Okay. This could be a real. This could be a real question for somebody. Uh, Somewhere in England, I'm not sure where, but if McCartney is playing on one side of town and the Stones are playing on the other side of town on the same day at the same time, what, what, do show, do? what show do you go to, Gary?
1: I, you know, my, I, to me, probably, well, I would choose the Stones for this, for the reason I will divulge in a minute, but what we're talking about here is Paul McCartney is booked to play June 25th at the Glastonbury Festival in England. There is a rumor, the Rolling Stones yesterday started to tease a European tour for the summer. They posted an Instagram message with a map of the U.K. and Europe with the little pin dots and everything. But the hot rumor is they are going to headline the same day, June 25th, at the BST Festival in Hyde Park in London. So you may have a Beatles-Stones you know, battle going on there in, in jolly old England. On June 25th, I would choose the Stones in Hyde Park for this reason. I would much rather be in civilized London than a muddy field out in the English countryside. (laughs) That's a good reason, though, actually. Musically, I'd probably go see Paul McCartney, but that's only because I just saw the Stones in November. Mm -hmm. And it's been a few years for McCartney. I I like that,
0: that it's based on the terrain. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. uh, I mean,
1: you know, the festival, festival, unless you told me I was going to get my, you know, my personal luxury yurt at Glastonbury and, and, you know, my, my slave, you know, my uh, Samoans to carry me around the, uh, you know, and let their feet be in the mud and not mine. That um, is some
0: real elite BS right
1: there Gary. Yeah, totally, I want totally. to be I wanted to be toted around so, like a god. It is so BS. God. It's, it's so BS the odor is coming out of everybody's radio right now. But but no, I probably <laughs> I I think, you know, waking up civilized, having your scones and tea and walking to Hyde Park to see the Rolling Stones sounds like a very pleasant day.
2: Glastonbury, that Will Ferrell made a movie about that one, right? Or was that something else?
1: Um, well, Glastonbury, I know, was featured in the third Bridget Jones movie. That was the, the scene okay. that Ed, Ed Sheeran was in. Um, I don't know if that was a Will Ferrell or not.
0: And speaking of Ed Sheeran, well Thank done, you. Gary. Thank you.
1: Yeah, the trial, he was he was in court this weekend testifying in a copyright infringement, fi- infringement file over uh, his song, Shape of You. There are two songwriters in England who are claiming that it infringes on a song they had. Uh, called OY. So uh this is, apparently this this is going to last 3 weeks. This is a very involved case. Is
0: this and, a stairway to heaven case or is this uh
1: it, you know it it is. I mean it's it's a similar similar type of case. You know these songwriters are saying that Ed Sheeran and his co-writers, you know, basically stole elements of their song and included them in In Shape of You and uh you know, I guess Ed, Ed was a good witness. They said when he was being cross-examined by the plaintiff's attorney, you know, he was asking him, like, how could you not have been aware of this song when you guys were on you know, YouTube at the same time and you were on the radio at this and that? And I guess Ed looked at the, the attorney and said, you're saying all these things, but they're not true. And so, you know, his, uh, co- one of the co-writers was on this, the stand the next day, uh, they may be called back, of course. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this one pans out. Did they talk about ketchup at all while he was on the they stand? They did not. No. Okay. No ketchup, no crip. No with crip. None of the. None of the. Nobody said how's your kid. Uh, you know, I, I think it was straight up about the song.
0: <laughs> um, the Osbournes are moving back to uh, to Britain.
1: Yep. Taxes. They're uh, they're saying taxes have gotten to be too high in California, so they have a they have a place in Buckinghamshire. And Ozzy says, you know, they're leaving. He's taking a studio with them. His band can come over there uh, to record. If the taxes come down in California one day, maybe they'll come back, because they do like living there. But they have split time over these many years between the two places, and it's not hard to pull up stakes and go back to jolly old England, where they can decide what show they want to see on June 25th. Or maybe Ozzy will schedule a show on June 25th and make the choice even harder. <laughs>
2: Right, but they don't have to find a place. They just no, they go have back one. to. The, they do have right.
1: one. <laughs> no. Yeah, but it, <laughs> is, it, is, it will be interesting to see what he might do musically in the future because I don't know that all his California musicians are going to want to make the trips. and Maybe he gets English musicians and makes a different kind of album. You know, remains to be seen. Yeah. I and mean, it does put him closer to Tony Iommi, you know, the guitarist from Black Sabbath. So maybe maybe that, that could lead to something.
0: All right, where do you want to finish today?
1: Uh, We should probably talk about how Bob Dylan has a new book coming out, because people will. People loved uh, Chronicles Volume 1, Chronicles Volume 1. This is not going to be Chronicles Volume 2, though. This is a book coming out in November called The Philosophy of Modern Song, and it's a series of essays in which Dylan will write about other popular musicians, apparently including Elvis Costello, Nina Simone, Hank Williams, Stephen Foster. He'll analyze particular songs. Apparently one section explains how bluegrass relates to heavy metal. And, you yeah, know, Dylan's just a great writer, not just a great songwriter, but if you read Chronicles, you know, the guy's an amazing writer. And if you, listen, if you ever listen to his radio shows, and you, know, you can hear that literary bent he has in talking. It's not stilted at all, but you've got to pay attention to it because he's very clever and so this will be out on you know, November 8th, and probably well worth well worth the read.
0: Are you going to get an advance copy? I'm hoping so. Yeah? How are you and Dylan? When's, do you talk to him much?
1: <laughs> Bob, let's see. He, we were supposed to play golf last summer, and he didn't make it. Nah. He's, <laughs> I've met him on a, on a couple of occasions, never done a formal interview with him because he doesn't do many of those. And, uh, yeah, when we met him on you know, a couple occasions backstage through mutual friends.
0: Who have you? Who's just you have to pick from all the people, and we always get asked this too: Who have you really enjoyed?
1: You know, in terms running leading, into
0: or just sitting down with and talking.
1: You know, I mean, there, there are a lot of them, but you know, people like Huey Lewis and, and the guys in Bare Naked Ladies. Um, you know, Springsteen. When you're you're able to have an encounter, is a, is a wonderful guy to talk to. And and so is Mellencamp, if you like a you know yeah, if you like a little bit of curmudgeonry. <laughs> you know you're not going to get you're not going to get much better than.
0: It he's just like a grumpy old effer.
1: But he yeah. but but you know the dude the, the dude you know means every word of it and he's a straight shooter. I mean you know that's that's great.
0: Okay, easy enough. There's
1: a lot there's a lot more you know if you really think about it. I
0: think I'll, I don't
1: well we won't go into that. All right. <laughs> Uh, well, right. we got have a we good weekend. The, we got Enjoy the tournament
0: the coming up, and baseball's
1: on, Gary. Baseball is on. We're 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 not going to have to wait as long as we were fearing. We were going to have to.
0: Are you a Tiger fan or a Pirates fan? Uh, both. Okay. Both, which
1: means you know, it's it's been, Just it's been a lot of long. It's been a sure. lot a of, lot of long, sad
2: seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's teams to
1: pick. But you know what? You could be a free agent in, in March. Your team is always going to the World Series. All right, Gary, we'll
0: talk to you next week.
1: Okay, guys, take care.
0: Gary Graff, our music expert.